We are the 12 sided guys. We have Matt as Pine. Hi. Scott as Roos. That's me. Jordan as Ebby. Salutations. Sabrina as Nari. Hey there. And me, Paul, as Angus the Irish bartender. A tee tee tie, tee tee tie. Awesome. <laughs> Terrible. All right. Top of the evening to you. <laughs> We're glad you're back with us. If you like what you're hearing, then maybe consider becoming a patron of the 12 Sided Guys by visiting our Patreon at patreon.com slash 12 Sided Guys. That's one, two, S I D E D G U Y S. We have some bonus content there for our patrons. And if nothing else, maybe just buy us a coffee to show your appreciation. And if you were grateful when the Karate Man's wife gave you her prized spoon, then this podcast is for you. It's time for the Crystal Codex, Episode 8. Okay, welcome back. We are in Tabory, and right now we are in a small room in the very large inn called the Kagery as a young woman lays on a bed, her long dyed red hair over her shoulder as she listens to Nari tell her tale. Oh, Ember, I'm so glad you're safe. I was super worried about you. So much has happened these last few days, and and I do want to hear everything that you've discovered. But first, I have to tell you the good news. I was able to get the Rose Syndicate's last message into the right hands. It's, It's a long story, but the short of it is me and the boys ended up just stumbling upon fallen heaven out in the wilderness. Actually, the leader of the faction is Rusa's sister. They've got some strange family dynamics going on there. I'm... I'm not sure what happened with them, but I would not want to be around for their feast day dinners. Anyway, I I was able to get their leader, Kira, our message. I told her that a shipment of 30 deacons and a sleeping bishop are coming to Akrobi. We, she wasn't very helpful, to be honest. We discovered that deacons are probably mechanical men, controlled by the Empire, but but Ebby knows more on that. You should speak with him if you wish to know more. But no one no one knew what a sleeping bishop refers to, and, and I don't either. So, I mean, we knew we had to get the empire out of Tabory before people started to hang. We, we devised a plan. Kira and her band led a false trail headed one direction, and then they, they circled back and went the other way. And while they were doing that, the boys and I, we came back to the city. Again, Roos has some connections in the Empire. It's, it's a weird, dysfunctional family. I'm not quite sure what's going on there, but he was able to convince Adjudicator Rolf that we met Fallen Heaven, and he's sending them on a wild chocobo chase. So hopefully that works. But yeah, his writ was only for one person, so we had to wait until dark to scale the walls. And that was absolutely traumatic to say the least. Again, you can, you can ask Hebby more on that, but I, I don't want to dwell on it. 
And and when we got to the end and I didn't see you, I was super worried until Ingus told me you were working. I, I hope you were doing more than just laying on your back. We're the last of the Rose Syndicate. It's up to us to be the eyes and ears of Fallen Heaven. I've even got a cell stone. It allows me to communicate with Fallen Heaven. So I hope you learned some good information while I was gone. <laughs> Sorry. I was laughing so hard, too. That was so good. Oh, uh, <laughs> man. Yeah. You kept yeah. saying, me and the boys. Oh, man, that got me every time. No, that, that, honestly, if we need to have a party name, we should just be Nari and the boys. Oh, I Nari love and that. the boys. That's the party name. All right. So, Nari, as you finish telling your, your tale of your exploits, Ember kind of perks up on one elbow, and she looks across the room at you and says, I just have one question for you. Did that old guy make it back? And then she winks at you. All right. So here we are. We are back in Tabory. I'm blushing. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're back in Tabory. So the last thing that happened was everybody was in the Kagery at a table having some dinner and discussing uh, what was going on. And they realized that the person who has uh, who is about to hang for Pine's crimes is none other than Bert Bertram, who is Pine's uh, drinking buddy, gambling buddy, um, sit on the porch, smoke a cigar, don't say a word to each other kind of buddy. Uh, and I think Pine, if I recall correctly, Pine is uh, pretty riled up at this point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's ready. He's ready to. Uh, a lot. So far, he's able to keep calm and not rush off and, and try something stupid and foolhardy right now. Uh, but he is he's ready to, to come up with a plan to get Bert out of this mess. Okay. Well, that's kind of where we're at. So, so you guys have had some time now to think about what you wanted to do uh, for Bert uh, to get him rescued, to free him somehow. So we'll say that right now you are at the Kagery. It is dawn. And you have talked last night, trying to come up with some kind of a plan, an idea of what to do. And now it is dawn. So whatever it is you guys decided to do, you're going to have to start moving now. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves? I do believe so, yes. <laughs> come, Christian. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so the Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves approach. Okay, so it is dawn, and as you know, uh, I think somebody told you last time that the hanging is going to take place sometime in the afternoon. Yep. So what do you guys want to do to kind of prepare? I think that uh, Pine, and maybe somebody else wants to come with him as well, Pine would want to go see if he can recruit any uh, anyone from the constabulary to stand for Bert. Okay. So if we if we could have some reinforcements from them, uh, that would be great. Okay. Does anybody else want to go with Pine, or do you guys have other plans? Um, I think probably what Ebby is going to want to try to do is, um, I don't know. Here's what I'm thinking, guys. So before I go off to do this, let me just confer with the group. I'm thinking Ebby is going to want to try and go and and um, try to get in position. Um, I don't think him being in the crowd is a great thing. I mean, he's not going to, he's pretty squishy when it comes to like skirmishing, but there's a part of me that's thinking it might be interesting to have him up on a rooftop, um, casting spells and healing and trying to do crowd control if he can. 
What do you guys think about that idea? I 100% agree. Nice, I mean, yeah. Thinking about, again, thinking about Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, they made great use of archers, and they even used a bow and arrow to, like, shoot the uh, the hangman's noose apart. Uh, we don't have any archers, so... I think that's a good that, that'd be a good plan to have you up on a rooftop somewhere. That's kind of that's kind of my thought. I was going to try to channel my my Morgan Freeman a little bit and uh, and see what we can do on that front. Didn't he right. make some barrels of gunpowder as well? Well, yeah, there may or may not be okay. some explosives in my mind a little bit. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, just as long as nobody tries to rip an arrow or a feather off of two different arrows and shoot them at the same time to hit two different guys on horseback. Oh, but dramatically. Come on, that was that was metal. That was so rad. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Actually, that was that was kind of straight out of a D&D campaign. Oh, totally okay. straight out of the D&D. Okay. So, Roos and Nari, what do you guys want to do? Roos will accompany Evie and do some scouting and find a good spot for him to hide um, and just be ready for it. I'll, I'll accompany Abby. Okay. Um, and yeah, Nari's down to go with Pine, but I would, I would want to ask like Ember if she has like made any contacts in the city of people who might want to help us or kind of guide us in the right direction since she has kind of been here for a little bit infiltrating. What about our friend Angus? Tell me, tell me, well, Angus is a bare knuckle boxer. <laughs> <laughs> well with with angus you guys did he did get uh nari you heard him get a little bit riled up last night talking about it um you know about basically how the empire has left them alone for so long that the people of tabory kind of forgot they had you know um manacles on and now all of a sudden they've been shown just how powerless they are and some people don't like that so um and i and i think uh angus was one of those he he expressed some serious um well anger and i'm pretty sure you told him to calm down calm down and then um then that's when we heard about the other anguses that you knew (laughs) (laughs) so maybe we should maybe we should take angus in on this recruiting scheme here yeah he might know some i mean he probably knows more people in the city at least this part of the city than anybody else here he might have a good beat on he's a bartender yeah on how people feel when they're drunk all right, so Pine, you are going to go try to talk with the constabulary. Roos and Ebby are going to go explore kind of the uh, the gallows, the 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 place that's set up for the hanging. And um, Nari, you're going to go talk to Angus and Ember. Do I have that all straight? I think so. Yeah, sounds good. Okay. All right. Well, um, let's go ahead and Pine. Yes. Let's see where let's see where you go. Okay. Uh, first off, though, can I can I make a stop by my house? You sure can. Okay. Well, I'm. I just want to stop by my house, um, kind of look around, uh, reminisce a little bit about the different, you know, the important events that took place in this space, mm-hmm. and then um, Pine would like to go, basically under his bed to a loose floorboard, pull it up, and pull up the last kind of. Um, the last piece of his uh, his history with the uh, Menorese uh, Allegion. It's like a half cape that has uh, like a gold trimmer on the edge and it has the Menorese uh, uh, coat of arms on it. Um, and so he'll take that with him as well. So you're not wearing it, but you have it. No, no, it's okay. folded up nicely. It's with me in my pack, but that's just something that I left behind. Uh, yeah, you you go over to your house, you grab that 
that cape. And then as you step out into kind of the, it's kind of a misty morning. Uh, it didn't really rain, but the cobblestones are slick. Um, you d you live here in the lower city, but not in the mud. You live more on the on the west side of the lower city. Yeah. Um, and so you don't have to deal with the, the mud nearly as much, but it's definitely slippery out. Um, yeah, you see some people moving around about their day, kind of getting started for the day. Uh, again, you feel that kind of um, melancholy that you felt last night as you guys were entering town. Um, yeah, it, it's you can't help but notice that it seems like Tabory, at least for, it, for the near future, won't feel the same just yeah. based off what's happened over this last week. And if people are noticing, like to compare the what how you describe, uh, you know, the, the the city itself, Pine has, uh, it, Pine is walking with determination. Pine has a mission. Um, so where where there might be a lot of somber attitudes around from other people, he looks like he knows exactly where he's going, what he's doing, and he has energy to him. All right, awesome. So as you would know, the uh. The constables, they uh, they have like a barracks, um, and it's it's actually at City Hall, so it's in the upper city, uh, yep. which uh, is close to the keep. It's also that's also I I guess it's actually very close to the um, to the gallows as well. So it's all kind of in that same direction as uh, as where Ebby and and Roos are going. Okay, so. Uh, but yeah, you you head over uh, towards the upper city. Um, you see the big uh, city hall. It's like a big like Tudor style building. Um, up until you know this last week, uh, the city had um, you know uh, elected elected officials who would meet there at city hall to kind of keep the city in order. Usually, it was like a member of different guilds or. Um, you know, there was a like the head constable would be there, the mayor would be there, um, the magister, who is the imperial officer, uh, the imperial overseer of the city, who the the magister for the city, his name is Magister Colbury. You know that he would um, very rarely show up. This is the rumors that you've heard, and then um, uh, you know just other local officials would would kind of show up there to help pass. Uh, or not pass, but discuss what, what the needs of the city are and try to figure that kind of stuff out. But there is a section of the building in the back, uh, kind of on the on the east side of the building, that is a, it's a barracks. And it's not so much that the constables live there or sleep there, but it's where they keep like a lot of their equipment. Um, it's where they can go to get like, um, you know, new um, spears or whatever, if they, you know, if they need to get a new spear or they can get them sharpened there, that type of thing, um, armor repair. They also, um, that's where they go to get paid, that kind of thing. So would I find a decent amount of constables here at any given time, or is it going to be mainly empty until there's like a changing of the guard or something? Make a make a, a perception or a history check. I'm going to go ahead and make a, well, let's do history. Uh, that's a, <laughs> a six. All right. Um, I mean, you know what? Just thinking back, it's, it's hard to tell. You, you see them randomly throughout town um it's hard to remember where you would uh, normally be seeing them but as you approach the city hall and the barracks on the on the east side of the barracks you do see a few constables there's three or four of them out uh, two of them are just kind of talking um and then uh, another one is standing at a corner kind of watching uh just kind of left and right trying to look like they're doing something but um 
yeah, they're just there's not much to do this morning, but you do see a few. And do I see any Imperial soldiers around as well? Uh, around City Hall? No, you do not. Okay. All right. I'll march right up to them. And I will say, what's all this I'm hearing about Bert? That he'll hang. One of them kind of uh, comes to, he's like, oh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's all around town. You Apparently, he, he's been writing, he's been writing the, the anti-imperial material. Uh, he admitted to it. You let them hang Bert? It's, it's the, it's, what do you mean I'd let them hang Bert? What, what, he's, this is the empire we're talking about. But this is our city. This is Tabory. You, you know him. Do you really think that he wrote those things? He, he thinks about it for a second and he's, he says, well, I mean, I don't, I guess I never thought Bert had it in him to write it down, but I, I don't think he disagrees with what was said, so I guess he he could have written it. And what about you? Do you disagree with what he said? Do I do I disagree with what he said? Do you disagree with the writings that have been floating around town? Yes, I do disagree with them. Well, and he looks you in the eye and he says, "And you would be best to disagree with them too." There's more, and he whispers to you. He says, "There's more. There's room for more than one noose at the gallows." Do I, do, I, do I believe him, or is it a threat, or is he just afraid? Make an insight check. Low difficulty. It's an 11. Uh, you get the impression it's more of a warning and that there's some fear in him. Okay. And I'll look, th- there's two others there, right, you said? Yeah, there's, they're kind of like making themselves uh, smaller, um, kind uh-huh. of shrinking away. One of them has kind of found something else to do, um, kicking a rock down in, in an alleyway. Oh, did you hear that? I heard, I heard something down here. I better go check it out. <laughs> but uh, uh, they're still there. Yeah. And I'll, so I'll, Pine will straight up boldly look at them and say, what about you? Make a uh, persuasion check. Okay. Or intimidation, whichever one you prefer. It's a 15 for persuasion. Okay. Uh, let me roll one more time. Okay. They both kind of shake their heads and... Uh, they, it's not. This is not a discussion that they want to have, especially not this morning. Um, and they start to uh, to walk away. <sighs> this is so frustrating. I know. <sighs> As you are talking there with those constables, you hear um, you hear something uh, behind you uh, coming towards the castle. And uh, as you turn around to look, you see that the portcullis of the castle itself is raising up. And you see Adjudicator Rolf, okay. as well as uh, Chancellor Ramsey. So Adjudicator Rolf, the young man with ruffled hair and the, uh, the unkempt uniform. And Chancellor Ramsey with his nice dress uh, jacket with the sleeve pinned up, the left sleeve pinned up. They come walking out and it looks like they're having a conversation. Um, you can make an insight check if you want to, but basically it looks like they're having a conversation and then uh, Chancellor Ramsey actually uh, turns on his heel and starts walking west, not into the castle, but towards the gate. And following behind him are, it looks like quite a few Imperial soldiers as well as quite a few of the um, of the deacons. Awesome. So how, how'd you do with your insight? I rolled a 20. I rolled a natural 20, which puts it at 20. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. 
That's awesome. As you are watching this exchange, you um, you you get a fairly good idea of what's going on just from your conversation with Roos about how uh, about how Adjudicator Rolf was acting yesterday in their conversation. Adjudicator Rolf looks irritated, and um, it looks like Ramsey is leaving the city and taking quite a few of the Imperial soldiers with him, probably on their way to go investigate Fallen Heaven. And Adjudicator Rolf is not following them. So our plan worked, mostly, because Rolf is still here. But the, a, a huge chunk of the, uh, of the Imperial presence is leaving? It looks like a large piece of it. Um, half, maybe? Okay. It's hard to tell, because um, they just keep... Mar- well, I guess you're a military man. You would know how to count troops and things. So we'll say, yeah, right about half of the forces, or maybe even a little bit more than half, are heading up. Uh, are heading out to the to the west to go out the Iron Gate to head up into the mountains. Okay, great, awesome. Well, then, uh, with no help from the from the cons- constabulary, I will return uh, to the to the Kagari to meet back up with everybody when they're done with their errands. Fantastic. All right, so we have uh, Roos and Ebby. You guys are going to go check out the gallows. Um, so the gallows has been set up for a while. Uh, in the middle of this square, just south of the castle, um, about a block over from City Hall. And um, it's a place you guys have been through many times. It's basically like a horseshoe shape uh, uh, square. So like there's buildings on the west, buildings on the south, and buildings on the east. And then on the north side of this square is actually the main road that runs along in front of the castle and then heads east and west to the Iron Gate and the Forest Gate, respectively. So as you approach the square, it is actually um, empty, uh, except for you do see, um, standing by the gallows, you do see um, one Imperial soldier standing by the gallows. Other than that, um, you guys see these other buildings. What do you guys want to do? Okay. Um, so here's here's kind of what I'm thinking in preparation for what is likely about to happen, I want to do a little bit of reconnaissance and just do a little bit of strategizing on positioning, figuring out where it's going to be the best place to position myself. So I, I, I envision, I don't know exactly how this is all going to play out. Right. But I envision that there'll, there'll be a moment in time where likely Ebby will, you know, kind of, stand up on a rooftop, maybe even cause a distraction or something or need to cause a distraction if he needs to. And so mm-hmm. I'd like to be close enough to the gallows and the central square area that I can cast spells down into it. So, you know, anywhere from 60 to 120 feet, basically within that area. And, okay. um, and I'd like to also position myself in a way that if there are other soldiers that may be coming, so like, you know, the main road is on the northern end of that square. I wonder if a building near the northern end of the square may be helpful because then I could try to run interference of other groups trying to come into the fray from outside, like come rushing down the road to join the fight if there's soldiers that may be doing that. Okay. Perfect. Okay, yeah. So let me just kind of describe what you see as you're looking around. You see that um, the square has like one big building to the to the west, and it's actually a building that has two different entrances. As you are walking around the square, and as you've been in town before, 
you know that one entrance leads to like a uh, a market where you can get vegetables and fruit, that kind of thing. And the other entrance, uh, it leads to um, like a, a library, like not, not a library, a bookstore. And that is probably the closest to the gallows. Um, it's actually a two-story building. Mm -hmm. So there's probably a way to get up onto the roof. There's a staircase on the side. So I'm sure you could probably figure out a way to get up there. And you also have your spider um, form. So you can you can have a uh, spider climb uh, at, at, if you're in that form anyway. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, on the south edge of the square is, uh, it looks like there's like a, a just a, a house. And then there's also a a shop and the shop has like a sign out front and it has two cross swords and it says Willoughby's weapons. Um, it looks like it's some kind of a weapon store. Uh, and then there's also a stone building and it's less of a temple and more of just a small shrine. It's like, you know, 25 feet by 25 feet with a, a small little annex on the North edge that you enter into. Um, and as you, uh, it, it's open, it's, it's, they allow people to come and go but it's actually um, it's a little shrine to um, well it's a, it's a shrine to Lady Harleal and she is the Lady of Cats so she's like a a deity um, and her domain is cats um, you can make a religion check if you want to um, but yeah if, as you walk in there it's this stone building and in the middle of the building is just this this kind of statue of this um, kind of elegant sleek um, like house cat looking looking uh creature got it got it actually let me do a religion check what i'd like to know and hopefully i'm hoping a religion check will give this to me to me how superstitious are the people within the city and how involved do they believe the deities to be so i'm going to make a religion check to that point i rolled a just a 10 just a 10 okay um you know Rus also people... rolled religion on that and got a 22 <laughs> That's right, because you're there too. Yep. Um, so, Roost, you'd growing up here, you would know. Um, but Ebby, you know, just in your interactions with people, you, you know that it seems like some of the deities, some of these lords and ladies, are just respected more. Um, people like Erdos, uh, he is the the lord of healing and health. Um, he is very respected. In fact, there's a temple to Erdos here in town. Um, uh, sometimes uh, different lords or ladies are are worshipped at certain times of year or when things are there's a lord and lady of swords and so um before uh, a battle or before a duel oftentimes people will uh pray to the lord and lady of swords uh, at wartime there's a lord and lady of war and so people become religious when they need the religion and Roos, you would know that here in tabri um you know there is this shrine to uh Harleal. Um, who is the this uh, the lady of of cats? Um, but it's just kind of you've never seen anybody that really worships there specifically. Um, it's just it's just always kind of been there. Just this little shrine with a cat statue that sometimes people will go in. Um, usually people will go there and they'll make a little offering if they have like a rodent infestation or something um, to help kind of appease this lady of the cats to help their cat catch the mice in their house that type of thing got it but it's not it's not super um you know super religious or anything okay yeah i was i was curious just like how superstitious people generally are are they like of the sort to ascribe if there's any random occurrence that happens are they like oh this clearly must be the interference of 
you know, the Lord or Lady of Blank um, or whatever deity. It just depends on the person. Not so much here. I mean, there's other places where it's probably a lot more prominent. Um, the big one that I can think of, though, is uh, the Lord and Lady of Luck. I mean, God, if somebody has bad luck, they're really quick to blame the Lady of Luck. And if they have good luck there, they, uh, they, you know, they, they, uh, whatever they wink and point and say, Hey, um, I don't have his name off the top of my head. But anyway, Jaffa? The, the Lord of luck has my, yeah, Jaffa. Yeah. Yeah. The Lord of luck has my, has my back. Got it. Okay. Okay. But it's really, it's really, it's when you need them, you need them. And a superstition as far as the Lords and ladies, not so much here. Okay. Good. Good to know. Yeah. In my thought process here, um, Ebby is trying to figure out if there are going to be certain levers he could pull within the crowd to kind of incite them or give them courage or like, hey, look, you know, this lord or lady has blessed our actions this day. Rush in there and fight, you know, whatever, trying to see if he can motivate them. So, OK, this is all helpful. Rus will point to Harleel's temple and say, look, the only people we get help from her are crazy old cat ladies. Other than that, not many people worship her. Yes, those could be ferocious, though, in enough, if there's enough numbers of them, though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, cat scratch fever is a real thing. <laughs> this is true. I guess we could uh, run around the city, find an old, old widows and, and spinsters with their cats. <laughs> Side note, did you guys ever see that episode of The Simpsons where there's the cat lady that literally throws cats at people? That oh, would yes. be amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's my next character idea. Actually. <laughs> oh my god! I'm picturing like half a dozen of those running around the city square, throwing cats and doing that, like kind of yammering. <laughs> that's right. Perhaps if we pray to Harley real hard enough. <laughs> oh man! Yeah. And so as you guys are walking around the square, just make like a uh, an investigation check. Sure. Got really good investigation, so this should go well. Hey, natural seventeen! Look at that. Which made your total roll a seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It looks like uh, yeah. As you guys are walking around, you see um, some of the buildings have barrels and crates stacked next to them. Uh, you do see a couple of of the houses, um, especially like um, as you're walking along behind Willoughby's weapons. You see, there's a ladder leading up to their roof um and uh uh it looks like there's a there's like a, a a little walkway that is set across the rooftop from willoughby's weapons to the house next door um it looks like there's definitely some options to get up to the roof but if you're looking to be close to the to the gallows then your best bet is probably going to be um either on the east side or the west side and on the west side it would be the uh like the 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 grocer mm -hmm. and on the east side it's just a house got it okay okay um then to roos i think Abby's going to turn to him and be like i think perhaps a good position for me may be up on the roof on the western or on the eastern side on one of those houses a little bit closer to the gallows but near the northern road and that way i may be able to provide any distractions for any uh soldiers that may rush in what are your thoughts I think that's a great idea. I can I can go up there with you initially to provide support, and then I'll I'm kind of nimble. I should be able to jump down without a problem. But I do have uh, I have an idea for the actual gallows. Come come over here with me, and I'll I'll lead Abby up to the gallows. Okay, there's just one soldier kind of walking around, um, one imperial soldier. As you kind of approach the gallows, he he sees you approaching because it's it's out in the middle of the square. And he says, oh, I'm sorry, this place is off limits. 
Oh, yeah, we're we're just excited for the hanging that's coming up. Yeah, okay, why don't you make a, a deception check? <laughs> I Roos got a 13. A 13. All right. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, this guy, he doesn't seem to buy it. Uh, he says, well, nobody's allowed at the gallows until this afternoon. I'm to see that nobody messes with anything. And that's when the hanging is supposed to start? Yes, that is when the hanging is supposed to start, just before the sun goes down. Oh, oh, that late. I, I thought it would be more midday. Nope. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. <clears throat> I have nothing else. And nobody goes, nope. <laughs> um, my, my thought was more flavor because my, my grease crystals and sleep crystals have range, but I was going to try uh-huh. and tuck one in there, but, um, and like have it go off later, but. I mean, it has range. It was more for flavor than anything else. No, that's all good. Okay. If I, um, but if I can't approach, then that's that's about all I got. Yeah, I mean, as you guys are, are walking around, kind of like as you're talking with this imperial uh, this imperial soldier, and you see the gallows, you see it's just a typical, you know, big cross beam with a noose right in the middle, and there's actually there's space for three different trap doors, but the noose is uh, only uh, attached to the cross beam over the middle trap door. As as I'm walking away with Ebby. I'll, I'll throw out the idea. Say, we we could do our grease and fire combo like we did against that robot. Um, I lo- how do you how do you feel about me throwing some grease on the gallows before he gets up there, and we could just burn the whole thing down? I think that that's a wonderful idea. I have just the thought of what we could use to do that to set the fire. Okay, I. I can hit it from my aim is pretty good from about 60 feet away. But if we get further than that, I don't think I'll be able to hit it with my crystal. Got it. That's how, how far away can you be with your fire? You think? I think 60 feet is probably about the limit for me as well. Okay. My intention with this is I don't want to get implicated with anything. I'm happy to help, but I don't think I can kill any Imperial soldiers today. I think your resolve may be tested. I don't relish the thought of shedding blood. Don't get me wrong, but I think that it could come to blows. Um, But I understand we'll do what we can to try to make this as covert as we can. But I think this will be rather, rather in the open, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll see how it plays out. Yes, indeed. All right. Are you guys heading back to the Kagri? Are you guys going to try to like hold up there somewhere? We can, we can head back. I mean, I don't have anything else that I wanted to do. We did some good recon. Yeah, yeah, I think okay. so. All right, and then that brings us to Nari. Nari, you uh, you never leave the uh, the Kagari. Um, who do you want to talk to first? Do you want to talk to Angus, or do you want to talk to Ember? Oh, yeah, no, I want to go grab a beer. Let's go talk to Angus. <laughs> okay. So you walk up to the bar. Angus is back behind the bar. He's cleaning some mugs as usual. There's a couple of people in there uh, drinking like usual, but again, the mood is a little bit more somber. Um, there's a guy playing a harp, but it's, uh, you know, usually the songs are a lot more more uh, rowdy, and he's just just plunking along on his harp, playing kind of a more sad, melancholy uh, song, and Angus is wiping uh, these mugs, and he's uh, he notices you approach, and he says, Good morning, Nari. Hey, Angus, how it be? <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
I'll be happy when today's over. Yeah, well, I think we'll all be happy when today's over. Get me a beer, Angus. It's the best way to start a morning. <laughs> he uh, he pours you a beer and he pours one for himself too. And he, uh, he hands you a mug. Angus, I was thinking about what you said last night to, about how it's not right. The Empire coming in and, and treating us like this. He goes, yeah, yeah, that was, uh, I, I was probably tired, probably had too much to drink. I, I probably was, was talking out of my ass. Ah, cheers to that. Then I'll, I'll take a sip of beer. Hey, he drinks too. I think you were right though. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you get the drink and it leads you down the right path. And I think that, I think that we've got to stop this hanging. It's not right. And I think you know that, and I think you and the boys here do too. So I think we should, uh, we should rally the troops. Why don't you make a perception check with advantage? I mean, a persuasion check with advantage. Not very persuasive. So I got a fifteen. A fifteen. All right. Well, you know what? He leans back, rests his back against. You know, there's like some kegs along the back wall. He leans up against the kegs. He's got his mug in one hand. He kind of folds his arms across his chest. He thinks about it for a second. He takes a big, long drag of his beer and sets down an empty mug. And he leans forward and he whispers to you conspiratorially, well, what should we do? How do we do this? Well, I have some, I have some men scouting the area. They'll be back here soon to kind of give us some more recon and we'll form a plan. But can you gather as many men who are willing um, and have them meet us back here casually? He nods slowly and he says, yeah, 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 I think I can do that. Great. He calls over to uh, um, uh, the, the, the cook, actually, who um, you don't know, but you assume it's probably his wife. And he says, I'm going out. <laughs> and he just he just walks out, still with his apron on and everything. He's just wiping his hands on his apron and he walks out the uh walks out the front door. Um and uh the the cook kind of looks out from the back where the kitchen is and kind of shrugs her shoulders and then goes back in to start making more food. So now there's nobody at the bar. Um, but yeah, awesome. So one down. Did you still want to go talk to Ember as well? Yeah, I'm gonna go back behind the bar, top off my glass, and then head up and <laughs> go find Ember. All right, sounds good. Yeah, you uh, you you do that, not a problem. Um, you uh, you know you're not supposed to take the mugs like out of the common room. Uh, but I mean, Angus isn't here, and uh, he likes Who's you, so you're probably me. okay. Yeah, exactly. Even if he was here, would he try to stop you? <laughs> Doubtful. Um, you go up the stairs up to the second floor, and you find the room that um, Ember has been using. Um, so there's basically there's two different rooms. She uses one room for work. And then the other room you and her share. Uh, and so um, the room that she uses for work is empty. So you assume she's probably still in the room that you guys share. As you go up to the third floor, um, the rooms get smaller. And you walk down the hall to the door that uh, is the room that you share with, with Ember. And as you open the door, you see her asleep on the kind of, it's like a, a little bit bigger than a double bed, but not like a, not like a big extravagant thing. Um, and you two share that bed uh, in in this room in the uh, in the inn, and she is uh, fast asleep. Okay, I'll kind of go up and nudge her and be like, "Ember, get up, 
she uh her she opens her eyes and she's like yeah nari like what is do you need do you need to tell me more you already told me the whole story i know ember but you've got a problem they're they're gonna hang that old man and and the boys feel guilty about it and i suppose i do too so i think we've got to stop the the hanging stop the hanging i mean listen Nari, I'm I'm not a fan of the Empire and the way they do things, just as much as you are. I mean, that's that's why we joined the Rose Syndicate, right? But I mean, this isn't our town. We've always done things, you know, more, you know, behind the scenes. Uh, what can, what can we do? I mean, well, I know what you can do, but what can I do? It's all of our towns. I mean, it is just a small shitty city. But we're all from small shit cities, and, you know, it's it represents more than just this town. We can't let them treat us like that. And you, you've been here for a while. You've been working. This, this ends relatively nice. Surely you have some information that could be useful, or some people who, who would be interested in the cause, someone influential. She, she thinks about it for a second. She's like, I... I might, I might know some people. Yeah, you know, you know, Nari, I think you're right. I, I, I think you're right. I think being here after everything that happened in Arklevi and how we had to run for our lives, I, I feel like being here has been, you know, it's been, it's been comfortable. It's been nice to not be afraid that somebody's going to find out what we're doing, that somebody's going to turn us in. Uh, it's been nice not having to run for our lives like we did when we left Arkelvy, but but I see I see that that's that's selfish of me. And uh, you know you're right. I joined the Rose Syndicate to make a difference because I didn't like what the Empire was doing. Now, Tabri doesn't have the same problems everywhere else does, but you know with the Empire. But they, I mean they they didn't, but now they do. So yeah yeah, I'll I'll see what I can do. I appreciate it. You're, you're a good friend. Thank you, Amber. Love you, sister. Love you too, man. <laughs> she gets up and puts on some really tall, long, thigh-high leather boots with a big old heel. Um, okay, awesome. So uh, looks like uh, Nari, you got Angus and Ember to go and see what they can gather. Um, and I'm everybody so else jealous. I'm so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> you were so much more successful than Pine. Uh, uh, well, you know, uh, you gotta we'll have just... friends in low places, yo. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how this all plays out. All right, so you guys all reconvene around. We'll say right around noon um, at um, at the Kagery. Okay. Well, I have good news and I have bad news. Bad news first. The constables are spineless. That's been my experience of the pigs. <laughs> well, if they were forced to act to protect the people, do you think that they would? I think, I think that's a possibility, but I don't think we can depend on them, at least not at the beginning. They, the, the ones that I spoke with didn't seem to care that it was one of their own who would be hanging. But that's the bad news. I do have good news. The good news is, I saw Chancellor Ramsay leave 
with over half of the Imperial forces in the city. I think our ruse to lead them out and chase fallen heaven through the wilderness has worked. So the good news is there'll be far less uh, resistance here when our plan gets put into action. Well, that is good. That is good. I think perhaps then we could, we'll at least have a chance to free Bert. I want to bring up one item that has been on my mind a little bit over these last few hours. If we succeed, let's say that we go in and weapons drawn, spells ablazing, we save Bert, we fight off the Imperial presence here in the city. What's to say that they do not come back and with greater numbers and with a mind to punish the city even more extremely? Does this city somehow burrow under the sand to stay safe from the Imperial forces? That was like a Figaro joke from Final Fantasy. I got it. I got it. (laughs) No, and you know, when you said. I'm just just not going to. Yeah, I'll just cut that out. (laughs) Um. (laughs) But yes. Yeah, Ebby brings up a very good point, I think. Well, I, yes, he does. That is a very good point, Ebby. Well, mm. and I've met with Adjudicator Rolf a couple times, at the, and now he's not a bad guy. I, I don't, I don't want to come to blows with him. In fact, I'm not too keen on killing anybody. I'll help you stop this, but I, I'm hesitant to actually shed any Imperial blood today. Do you think there'd be a way to get them out of the city? We've done as much as we can to divert their attention. I don't know if we can get them out all the way. The way it stands now, it feels like the die has been cast. And we will have to measure out what happens next very carefully. But I think, if my suspicion is correct, I think that today will there will be bloodshed before the end of the day. That's what I'm worried about. In this way, I hope that the constabulary is ready for what may come next. If we move strongly against the Empire, and if the Empire blames the city for the events of today, then all of the people here may be in for a reckoning of sorts. If the Empire decides to come back, they must be ready to stand and fight if need be. And there must needs be also others that will need to stand and fight against the Empire, perhaps in other provinces and cities. If only we had, you know, a more robust connection with Fallen Heaven, perhaps we could orchestrate some sort of grand, you know, resistance across the network. We've got a cell stone here. I can talk to Kira. I don't think that Fallen Heaven's modus operandi is grand resistance. And you're probably right. I suppose that's why they've stayed alive as long as they have. But is that why they've been so ineffectual as well? No nation that stood up to the to the Imperials has been effectual. They've conquered everyone they've come against. Maybe it has to do with these... Russell glance at Abby and say these deacons that they're using, but they have superior firepower, superior trained troops... They walk through every nation that they come to. Um, Pine, you would know uh, when when the Empire came against Menarest, uh, there was really they had the, the Empire had at least twice as many airships. So their their armada was twice as big as Menarest's armada itself. So 
the empire itself has more technology too than the other nations. And that probably makes a difference. What, what if it does come to, if it does come to bloodshed, can we blame the attack on fallen heaven and leave, get Bert out of here so that the, the, the one who was to hang is, is no longer here? Is there a way that we can, we can again, divert attention from the city of Tabory? Ebby and I have come up with a pretty good plan. We want to light the gallows on fire before anyone is up there. Cause a big enough scene, we can maybe start a riot, get some of the people incited against the Imperials, and yeah, maybe we can blame it on Fallen Heaven, put it on their lap, and through the commotion, maybe get your friend to safety. I like that plan. As you guys are talking, um, the front door opens and in walks Angus and he glances around the room and he sees you, Nari, and he he uh, he points at you, Nari, and he, and he curls his finger towards you like, come here. All right, I'll go over and what's up? What's going on, Angus? He's like, I have I've made uh, I've made a lot of progress. We've got a lot of people who are really upset. Um, I've got some of my boys out uh, spreading the word now, but um, I, I think, I think before this goes down, we're going to start busting heads. You did good, Angus. You did good. Go get yourself a beer. And then come. <laughs> you're, you're telling him he can have his own beer. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> what did you, br- what did you bring us? He says, so far I've got 20 men and they're out spreading the word, but we need to know what's the, what's the signal so I can pass it along. What's the what's the code word? What's what what what's the the sign to to start clobbering? All right, all right, calm down, Angus. Come over here, grab your beer again. Let's come sit down. Come come plan with us. Okay, Angus comes over and sits at the table with you guys. I'll introduce him to everybody. Angus here's got twenty at least twenty men interested in roughing some people up. So we've got some backup here at least if things go south. Well, it sounds like we have a riot. Sounds like we've got one. Let's start a riot. (laughs) (laughs) If you're looking for a sign, we could we could have everything kick off as soon as we light the gallows on fire. I think seeing seeing fire and smoke rising from the gallows. It's a good sign. Yes, Angus, when you uh I'm gonna kinda look, you know. I mean, I don't have eyeballs, so I'm kind of shifting my head from side to side to look at each of the other companions here. Uh, Angus, when you see that fallen heaven has taken action, just in that may be the sign for the crowd to start their riot. Um, I think it's important that we blame fallen heaven and at least make it very widely spoken of and talked about that it was fallen heaven's fault for the riot being instigated. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, we can we can make it sound like it was fallen heaven. You want to just like yell out fallen heaven, like death to the empire. We are fallen heaven. Not a problem. We can do that. Oh, you you don't understand, Angus. Fallen heaven will be there. You just need to make sure that that call is echoed amongst the crowd. I I think I get you. Yeah. All right. I'll make sure. I'll make sure. And so gallows on fire. And fallen heavens here. Got it. Okay. He stands up and he's going to go out, out and start spreading the word. All right. Uh, to, to kind of explain to the group once he's kind of out of earshot, 
I don't want Angus to get blamed for this if any interrogations happen either. It's probably better if he truly also believes that Fallen Heaven is here and they're the ones perpetrating the attack. Um, what I'm going to do, or at least my plan, in order to help create the diversion and perhaps sow a little bit of chaos in the group, I think I'm going to reveal myself to the entire crowd and yell greetings from Fallen Heaven or something to that effect and start setting things on fire. Well, that's dramatic. I like it. I, I love it. Would you be, when you say you'd make yourself known, you make yourself known or just make yourself known? Uh, make myself n known, as in no bandages, no nomadic wrappings, uh, in all of my clunky metallic glory. Oh, wow. Okay. I think that would be uh, more than enough of a diversion. I think at that point, I would like to be the one to, to free Bert. I think that's a, that'd be a very important thing, because I will be, my plan is to be high up on a rooftop so that way everyone can see me, and I will use what magic I can to try to create a diversion, and uh, Roos and I, you know, talked of setting the gallows on fire. That's where it begins, but I plan to do even more if possible, and um, I, we will need you there within the crowd or close to the gallows to get Bert and get him out of there. Agreed. And when we say get him out of there, how far out there are we going? Where do we go once this is over? We can't stay here. Oh, that's a great question. It depends on if the Imperials make us and identify us. I'm anticipating worst case scenario, they send their deacons after us. We'll see what happens. Hmm. Hey, Paul, did were there any deacons yep. left in the city, or did you say that they had all left with... Um the chancellor guy. So as Pine was watching them leave, he, he counted about, let's see, he counted about 24 of them leaving. So that'd leave probably about five or six here still in the city. Oof. Okay. <laughs> Is that a good oof or a bad oof? I mean, I, I mean, if they're like the same as me, but they're kitted out for war, then I'm a picturing, I'm picturing them as being a much more aggressive version of myself. And six of that may be not a great thing. Well, um, let's do this. Let's let's get situated for the battle or the confrontation. Does that sound good? I think so. Are you guys ready for this? Yeah. Yeah. I just want to. I, I just want to say one thing before we get started, though. Um, I'll take uh, kind of Bruce aside and I'll say, I, I know that your mother lives in the muds. I don't plan to stay in Tabor any longer, and my home will be vacant if she were at all interested in moving out of that neighborhood into a somewhat nicer home for the rest of her retirement. She can have mine. Really? Yes. That's... Wow. I, I, I really don't know what to say. Um... My my dad built the house they're living in, but it's it's pretty pretty worn down. I I'm sure she would love it. Well, I understand their memories where she's at now. I have a lot of memories in 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 the house that I would be giving up as well. But I think no matter what happens, whether we succeed or fail, I can't stay in Tabri. There's 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 too much to do. Yeah, I I wasn't planning on staying here either. 
Um, it's agreed then. You let her know. I will. I will. Do you have uh, a key or how do we, or is it just unlocked? I'll, I'll give, uh, I'll give uh, Roos the key. Okay. Roos will pocket it and say, much appreciated. I mm. didn't anticipate meeting people like you guys when I took this job. I think you'll find that people surprise you, Roos. I know you surprised me. I had you pegged from the beginning, but I I think I may have misjudged you. <laughs> well, maybe you haven't known me long enough for me to disappoint you yet. <laughs> I still haven't found my target. Well, it seems to me that finding your target could be a coup to the Empire. So if that's what you wish to do afterward, I would gladly join you. It's it's definitely something to think about. But I'd like to see where this goes. Mm-hmm. Yes, one battle at a time. <laughs> yeah, let's survive today first. Hmm. I intend to. <laughs> Me too. All right, the afternoon wears on. Um, you head over towards the gallows to start getting into position. So um, as Did I... Did Ember rec- ever come back? Oh, she- um... Ember, uh, let's see. Ember, let me make a roll. Is she at least safe? Um, so uh, Ember uh, comes wandering in um, a little bit after you guys have kind of wi- finished up your, your conversation. And she, she, uh, as she walks in, she glances over at you. And she was kind of a little bit of a like slumped shoulder. She kind of shakes her head like, no, like, sorry, I, I tried, but I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't find anybody. No worries. Just get yourself someplace safe and... Make sure you're not in the way. We we can't lose you. We need eyes and ears here. She uh she kind of nods and uh she wanders back upstairs. Okay. And Pine instantly gets a bloody nose as she walks by. <laughs> I was gonna say, oh him, oh, him, oh. Okay, well she's going upstairs. <laughs> I love the anime bloody nose. That's fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right. So I think I know where uh, Pine, uh, Roos and Ebby, you guys wanted to be up on a, on a, the top of a building, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the gallows, as you guys head over towards the square where the gallows is, you see that other people are heading in that direction as well. It seems like this is going to be quite an affair. The mood as people are heading there is uh, somber. Um, and you can actually see that there's uh, some of the constables are are... They're not rounding people up and telling them, but they're acting as town criers um, saying, you know, um, they're, they're walking around with like a, a bell and they hit the bell and then they'll say things like um, hanging in one hour and then come watch the traitor hang, that kind of thing, as they walk through town. And Bring people out are starting dead. to... Bring out your dead. I'm not dead. And Bert's like, I'm not a traitor. Um as you approach the square, though, you can see it's starting to fill up with people. The mood is definitely, um, well, actually, why not, how about the group makes an insight check with advantage? So one person make it with advantage. Not me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my. Wow. Roos nice. rolled a nat 20, so got a 25. A 25. Nice. Okay. So you, you sense as you're walking up there, a lot of the people in this crowd are just kind of um, resigned, and they're there's like a, a a solemnness to them they're 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 sad they're disappointed but there is this electric surge going through the crowd as well as you can see 
people walking up there and you can see people with their jaw set. Like, you know, you, you see people like cracking their knuckles and stuff. You see a couple people like, um, uh, they kind of, uh, look around real quick and then they kind of pick up their hand and they have like a, like a, a, a table leg in their hand, like a makeshift club ready to go. And then they put it back down they hide it behind their back or whatever. Um, so there's like this electric, um, tingle in the crowd of anger, of action about ready to happen, of people fed up. And um, with your 25 insight, Bruce, I, I don't want to tell you how to think, but you get the impression. Um, I would think that, you know, you were talking in the inn about how you guys want to make sure that you don't start anything that's going to get Tabry in trouble. Um, now, Bruce, you get the impression, having grown up here, that that's not really your decision to make. That's Tabry's decision to make. You know what I mean? The people of Tabory, they get to make that decision as to how much trouble they want to start with the empire. Um, you guys may be the catalyst for it, but it's still their decision to make the move. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so for what it's worth, there's a lot of people in the crowd who uh, look angry. As you guys approach the crowd and you make a kind of a scan of the crowd, um, let's have... I, I, here's what I want. I want Ebby and Roos. You guys are not going to make this check because you guys are trying to get up on the roof. So Nari and Pine, I want to kind of know where you want to situate yourselves. And I want you guys to scan the crowd and see what you see. Okay. Okay. So I definitely want to be up north, but mm -hmm. on the opposite side of um, Ebby and Roos. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, why don't you make a perception check then, um, Nari? I got a 12. You got a 12. Okay. You see that there is um, like a little alleyway um, over here between these two buildings. You see a, there's a constable. Um, he is sitting, um, not sitting, he's leaning up against the building with his arms folded with a, a cross look on his face. He's got a spear propped up next to him and he's got like a, a, a cudgel, a, a club um, at his waist. Um, but you can kind of, the crowd is kind of surging around him, but giving him some space. Uh, but you, there's plenty of room right there uh, close to the constable. Um, that gives you a nice view of the gallows, um, but still you're kind of in the crowd. And the constable is a local guy, right? Not constables are local, yeah. The constables are local. Okay. So the Imperial soldiers are all wearing their gray jackets. The constables are wearing kind of mismatched armor. They got like a blue um, a gambeson, like a blue gambeson with like, you know, chain mail, uh, over the top um just uh no real badges or anything but you know that it's the constabulary because they got a spear they got a shield they've got that blue gambeson underneath chainmail. so pine with nari on the east side of the courtyard um i think pine will be um on the west side kind of in the in a similar position maybe over by with the entrance to the grocer okay okay there's there's lots of people there too why don't you make a perception check Right. And I only got a seven. You only got a seven. Okay. Uh, you can see that people are starting to gather that there's a, there's kind of a, everyone can kind of see this. Uh, actually, first let's have uh, Ebby and Roos. Let's see if you guys can get up onto the top of the building. Uh, are you guys trying to be sneaky? I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. I think that's probably a good idea. Okay. Well, as you guys are helping each other, why don't we have one person roll with advantage? Roos, Roos, you got to roll that one, please. <laughs> uh rolled an 18 for stealth okay okay fantastic you actually you find um on the south side of the of the building that you're going to be climbing onto kind of the side that is the light uh, the the bookstore there's actually a ladder propped up against the wall 
that um, you can very slyly uh, snag and move to the backside uh, the, of the house, use it to climb up onto the roof, actually no problem. You don't even need to make checks because you got that ladder um, and you guys are now um, up on the roof. Um, I imagine crawling on your bellies, trying to stay down, stay unseen. Um, and now with perception checks uh, that people have made, you can see that there is a kind of a ring around the gallows. It's been cleared away. And you can see that there are um, six uh, deacons that are standing in a rough square around the gallows. Uh, and then um, all the constables, you, you see five or six, maybe seven constables in the crowd, but they're all staying out around the edge of the crowd up next to the buildings. They're not like in the middle of the crowd of people. As you guys are looking down at the gallows, you see that there are also, um, there's a couple of Imperial soldiers kind of inside the ring of deacons. And you see that there are two uh, figures standing not on the gallows, but next to the gallows. Um, one of the one of the figures there looks like it's a priest of um, of Erdos. You can tell Erdos is the god of healing. Um, he's got a temple here, but uh, there's a, a priest of Erdos there. You can tell by the the white robes, kind of like a white, uh, not a veil, but it's like a, a band around the head with like a, a flap of fabric that hangs down over the back of the neck, um, and just some of the different uh, uh, accoutrements. Um, she is a, a, a priest of Erdos. And then you see another figure um, that you can only only assume is some form of a priest of uh, Aramiel, uh, the the god of unity, the, or the angel of unity that the, that the empire worships. You can see that this person is uh, wearing some armor um, and she has like a, a, a band around her head that has uh, wings, a wing motif on either side. Um, and they are both standing next to the gallows, one on either side, um, probably some kind of a, um, like a religious, um, representative to watch the hanging. So, um, as you are in position, you hear a bell toll from the castle and you see a procession coming towards the gallows. You can see leading a procession, you see who can only be Adjudicator Rolf with his gray jacket uh, undone uh, over his shoulders. Behind him, you see a figure uh, in cotton shirt and pants, no shoes on. Um, he's got his hands tied. He's an older fellow. He's got uh, a big, thick walrus mustache, no hair on the top of his head, just the fringe of gray hair around the back of his head. And this is Bert. Um, you see him being led with, a, with an Imperial soldier on either side. And bringing up the rear, you see the very timid, very kind of hunched over, thin, uh, quiet figure of the Magister of Tabri, the Imperial leader who is here in Tabri full time, Magister Colbury. He is bringing up the rear, looking like he would rather be anywhere else but here. And so now I need to know what is going to happen at this moment as they approach the gallows. Rusa look at Abby and say, well, shit. Looks like it's time to kick this off. Let's do this. And Russell crawl up to the, the to the crest of the the rooftop that he's on and peek his head over the edge and throw the crystal down and cover the gallows in grease. Okay. Uh, and now that's you don't have to make a roll for that. That just happens, right? That's just part of the crystal, the grease crystal. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. sixty foot range spell. Yeah, yeah, perfect. 
So you're at the edge of the roof there. And uh, Abby, I believe now it is time for you, but let's just make a quick roll here. I'm gonna do uh, one, two, we're gonna do uh, four rolls. Um, okay, so Adjudicator Rolf is heading towards the gallows. You see uh, there's a guard who is standing closer to the gallows waiting for them to come. And then you see um, the two guards, one on either side of Bert. The one on the right side of Bert kind of, uh, he sees the crystal come down towards the gallows and he kind of tracks it back up towards the building. So Ebby, what are you gonna do as this guard is watch is looking for um, looking for the source of that crystal? Um just curious, how close is Bert and all of the procession to the gallows at this point? Are they like really close to it or are they He's probably about twenty or thirty feet back at this point. Okay. Adjudicator Rolf is about ten feet from the gallows right now. Okay. Um I'll go ahead and stand up uh, just as kind of if I can prep, I guess, before all of this got started. Um, I, mm -hmm. I wanted to have all of my bandages and everything off. So I was exposed except Perfect. for having my my like traveler's cloak thing on my back. Um, but otherwise, in full robotic glory. Um, so what I'm thinking of doing is as that uh, crystal is in the air heading towards the gallows, I want to stand up and yell down to the crowd and say greetings imperial dogs from fallen heaven and um just see if i can draw attention to myself for the moment uh <laughs> instantly everyone looks up at you you see all eyes on you um you see the crowd some people look confused uh some people uh you see uh, nari and pine you especially since you're down in it you see uh, instantly clubs are kind of raised up like they're ready to start whacking heads. Um, and Nari, the, the constable closest to you, you see him kind of perk up and, and stand up and kind of grab over for his spear. And this is the constable, not an Imperial soldier. All right, Ebby. Oh, man. OK, uh, let me think about how I want to phrase this. Um, <laughs> OK, OK, here we go. <clears throat> you Imperial scum are not welcome in this town of Tabory. And fallen heaven would have words with you. This day you stand before us, and you stand judged. And with that, I'm going to use my cantrip of create bonfire. Okay. <laughs> and and set it right underneath the gallows where the crystal will have landed with the idea of setting everything on fire. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's do this. I want you to just... So the, the grease and the fire has worked in the past. You create a bonfire and instantly the bonfire, I mean, the bonfire is big. I, what's, the, what's the size of the spell? Do you remember how big of a fire it can make? It's a five foot uh, cube. It fills a five foot cube. Okay, so that's pretty big. Uh, we'll say with the grease, it instantly fills a 10 foot cube. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah. All right, and now what we're gonna end up doing is we are going to, we're gonna roll initiative. Woo! It's happening, guys. Oh, nice. Oh man. Let's see. Oh, critical fail on my initiative. Ebby rolled a two. Oh, brutal. <laughs> Pine rolled an eighteen. I got a fourteen. All right, I'm gonna make four rolls here, real quick, for initiatives. Why? Why do we always match rolls though? When we get into combat, somebody always matches their initiative roll. <laughs> and this time it's Nari and Roos. 
What's up, buddy? So I said I needed to roll four. I actually needed to roll um, six initiatives. This is kind of a big open area. I mean, it's full of people. So the way we're going to play it is that to move around in here, for the most part, it's going to be difficult terrain, not because of weeds and, and uh, you know, uh, vines and that kind of thing or, or ice. It's because there's just so many people here. Um, and we're just going to jump right in. You see the gallows go up in flame. The priest of uh, Erdas and the priest of Iramil, they both look at the fire, but it's not their turns yet. So first to go at initiative 20, we are going to see what the crowd does. We know that they're getting riled up. The sign has uh, has been given with the with the gallows burning. So let's see how the people in the crowd react. Okay, so uh, as far as the way we're going to play this out, uh, I'm going to roll a d20 on uh, the beginning of each turn, uh, and that will determine how many people are going to uh, to uh, start rioting. And I rolled a 12, so it looks like uh, people are starting to uh, make some commotion. In fact, we are going to do one more thing. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We'll, we'll roll a D10. Two, all right. Instantly, one deacon is brought down. Oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, rioters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, one deacon is just kind of pulled down and just clubbed repeatedly until it stops moving and you see that um another deacon has been um has been engaged by a couple of people but it's holding them off with his halberd okay now that brings us to pine pine you hear a, uh, a yell go up uh, behind you as as the uh the riot starts you can see that between you and bert there are at least two deacons. There's an imperial uh, soldier and adjudicator Rolf. They're all between you and Bert. Okay, so I think what I will do is I'll use my bonus action uh, to ca uh, to do my Wrath of the Stars stance. So again, I will say, um, "What is written in the sky demolishes all." Wrath of the Stars stance, uh, and that will. Uh, allow me to add some extra damage to my attacks. And then I'm actually going to uh, go ahead and um, can I get by the deacons without engaging them? Um, it's possible. The only thing is after you get past the deacons, then you're going to be in kind of this open area where there is no crowd. So you'd be leaving the crowd. I'm going to, I'm not going to head right through the middle of the crowd. Then I'm going to go ahead and head up toward the North to see if I can um, bypass the the deacons farther north once the crowd has has moved in um so I'll, I'll move up there uh and then i will ready an attack in case anything comes after me okay let me just see yeah cool. let's just see how how well you are at uh, going unseen um okay as you move past uh the the deacons they are both um looking down uh south towards the towards the the riot but you do pass by a constable and the constable pulls, puts his hand out on your shoulder and uh, he kind of grabs your shoulder uh, as you as you start to, to go by him. Is he trying so to I, stop me? He is trying to stop you. Okay. Um, I would like to uh, shake from his grip. Okay. Uh, why don't you make an athletics check? We'll do a opposed athletics checks. Can I do an acrobatics check instead? Uh, I think so. Sure. Why not? I, I don't think it's going to be that difficult for you to get out. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I got, got a 20. Okay, yeah, he got a, like a six. So yeah, you uh, 
he grabs your your uh, your jacket and you instantly just kind of whip around, uh, do like a little spin, and he's left holding nothing. Okay. Okay. And that's going to bring us to the deacons' turns. The deacons are going to start moving south into the uh, into the riot. Uh, you see them going in, starting to. Uh, uh, they have halberds instead of spears. You see them start trying to like push people around um, and uh, uh, get them to try to stop. Uh, next up, though, we have this uh, priest of Iramil. And so this priest of Iramil gathers her wits really quickly and steps back by Adjudicator Rolf. And you see her do some kind of arcane symbol in the air. And um, instantly you see um, surrounding her is a kind of a, a shimmering circle of force uh, that surrounds her as well as um, the adjudicator. All right, Nari and Roos. Uh, I think actually, Roos, you go first. You have a higher, a higher dex. Roos will kind of crouch still on the roof and pull out a sleep crystal and yell down to Pine below him and say, go and save your man and throw a sleep crystal out into the crowd right at Adjudicator Rolf. And I okay. rolled a 22. So 22 hit points worth of people fall asleep. Okay, that is actually, that's actually very good. Um, instantly, you see the two guards that are holding, um, holding Bert, they instantly just fall asleep and they crumple to the side. Yeah, and I'll, I'll they've, they've again, got eleven hit points down. apiece. Oh, nice! <laughs> wow, that worked out really well. <laughs> that was a perfect. That was a perfect roll. <laughs> yeah, so I'll, I'll holler down at Roos or pardon me at, at Pine and say, "Go get your man." It looks like nobody's holding him. All right, awesome. Uh, Nari, it is your turn. Okay, well, I'm going to see those soldiers go down and be a little bit surprised. Um, what is the constable right next to me doing? Um, make an insight check. Okay, I got a 12. He is currently standing with his spear in hand, and he is fumbling for his shield, but he is not moving. He is standing still, and he's looking left and looking right. Um, take that with that what you will. I'm going to ask him, are you going to fight for your town, man? Why don't you make a persuasion check? Ooh, I'm not very good at persuasion. 13. 13? Let's see. Let's see how, how brave he is. He actually... No, that's a good thing. He rolled an 8. So you your persuasion was higher than his than his wisdom to resist being persuaded to do something foolish. Uh, so good luck. Good job. You persuaded him to do something foolish. It's not foolish. It's wise. <laughs> you gotta save your town, dude. It's, it's heroic and noble. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he nods. He's like, yeah, yeah, this is, this is my town. Okay. And now Nari, what, what else are you going to do? Where is the adjudicator exactly? So the two guards are down. Yeah. So if you, from where you're at, the adjudicator is, um, just basically, uh, straight, um, straight, uh, west of you, just a little bit further north, but you can get to him uh, in one move from where you're at. Yeah, I would probably want to go up to him and um, honestly, I'd kind of just like to grapple him if I can do that. Okay, so you're going to run up to the adjudicator. Um, just remember that there is a uh, there's a priest of Iramil next to him and there's kind of this hazy circle um, 
like uh, dome kind of thing around them um, for what it's worth. In you go. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna go in. I'm going for it. All right, I want you to make a. Is it wisdom save? I believe it is. Yeah. Okay. Why don't you make a wisdom save? Uh, it's a low difficulty though. Okay, I got thirteen. Okay, that is enough. You're gonna take half damage. Instantly, you take six points of force damage, or of uh, is it force damage? Of radiant damage. Yes, you take you take six points of radiant damage as you enter into this. Uh, this zone of spirit spirit guardians. Cool. But you managed to, to get up to Adjudicator Rolf, and you're going to try to grapple him? Yeah, I'd like to try to grab him, maybe drag him out of the cloud, since it doesn't seem to be a very cool place to be. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, I kind of just want to hold him hostage, though. I have some questions I want to ask him. 17. Oh, it was close, but not quite close enough. Uh he manages to shrug, uh, shrug away from you, and you see as he, as you do that. Actually, it's his turn next. Um, he he shrugs away from you, and he instantly like rolls his shoulders back. The coat falls off of his shoulders. You see, he's wearing like a vest. He's got big gauntlets on, and from nowhere, there's a sword in his hand—a big, great sword, like almost, almost ridiculously big. Not not Buster size, because I mean that's just like a big old cleaver, but it's a big sword in his hand um and uh he looks at you nari and uh well, hell yeah bud <laughs> he is going to uh he uh he looks at you and he says traitors traitors um, traitors in our midst and then he is going to swing at you once and that's a miss with a 14 and he's going to swing at you again and that would be a 20 so that hits i believe and uh, as he swings his, his sword, he says, the air is split with the thunder's might. Concussive slash! And he hits you, dealing 15 damage. Oh, man, I'm not feeling very good. Yeah. Ouch. <laughs> All right. And that now brings us to Imperial Soldiers. Okay. Uh, it looks like two of them are knocked out. There's only one that's left. Uh, he he sees, uh, well, he sees a riot and he sees Nari. Uh, we'll see what he's de going to decide to do. Um, he is going to go down into the riot. He sees that Adjudicator Rolf seems to have this well in hand. And he's going to move down further into the riot to help out um, quell the, the, the riot that's starting. Now, um, this priest of Erdas... Um, is staying next to the fire. The first thing she's going to do is move away, um, out uh, away from the gallows. Um, and actually, she ends up moving towards you, Pine. Um, let's see. She is going to make a a wisdom check because this priest of Erdas is uh, she's a local. So we'll see how she feels about what's happening in Tabry right now. Okay. Um. Pine, you see her kind of start moving through uh, out of the crowd, away from the fire, and then she looks over at you, um, and she glances back at Adjudicator Rolf, and uh, she stretches out a finger and points it at um, at Nari. And Nari, you instantly get back 11 hit points. She casts Erdos's word on you, giving you some hit points back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Wink Way at cool. her. Yeah. 
She rolled a twenty-four for her for her uh, wisdom save. She rolled a natural nineteen. So, okay, that and... is such good news. I guess I just gotta say that's such oh, good man. news. Really good news. Yeah. <laughs> well, and so Seriously. looking looking at the battle, I figure there's lots of different things that could happen. Um, the constables are a um, well, they're probably a loss. Fine, uh, that's just that's just how it goes. Sorry, they're a bunch of turds, is what they are. <laughs> All right, but you guys got the crowd going, and uh, now you got a priest of Erdos on your side. Um, and now it is, um, it's uh, Ebby's turn. All right, here we go. Okay, so first things first, I am going to, I'm going to call upon Lord Moshe and say, Lord Moshe, send us your spiritual companion and this green energy and light kind of shoots out of my chest in the form of a unicorn and will go right around kind of in between where Nari and Pine are and Bert kind of in the middle of that okay. area. Perfect. And, uh, Oh, I, I love your unicorn totem. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best thing I've ever seen. That is exactly what I imagined it to be like. Oh, Please man. make sure you post that in the wiki or somewhere. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, so for anybody who's wondering, uh, the, the totem, uh, the, the unicorn totem that we use is a, um, it's a very sexy unicorn. I'll just put it that way. Oh man. I love that. Okay, cool. So I'm going to do that, and then I'm going to kind of start bringing my arms out in this large arc circle pattern, and then trace the circle, like kind of spin a circle in the air, and I'm going to call forth the Hound of Lady Valley, um, the Lady of War, and I'm going to summon an apparition beast to appear right behind Adjudicator Rolf. So right there. So I've got a 90-foot um, range area on this one. Okay. And basically, this is going to be um, a bestial spirit. I'm picturing this as kind of like a wolfhound type thing. Um, it's got, you know, about 30 or so hit points, 13 AC. Um, it has pack tactics, so it has advantage on attacks when it's, you know, fighting something that is also around one of its allies. And it gets to take its attack or its turn right after mine. Okay, awesome. Well, then I guess it's its turn. All right. Um, we, I'm going to use this thing, and I think I'm actually going to try and attack this priestess of um, Iremiel. Um, is that? Am I saying that right? Iremiel. Ir yeah, Iremiel or Iremiel or Ira. I don't know. It's one of those one of those names that popped up on a random generator that I liked the way it looked on paper and then saying it is kind of weird on my tongue, but I actually kind of like that because um, he's a, he's a foreign deity to these parts. So it should feel and sound kind of odd on your tongue. If that makes nice. sense. Nice. I like it. Yeah. I think I'm going to have um, the, the hound of lady Vali attack the priestess of Iremiel, um with the idea of hoping to disrupt that spirit aura thing i don't know if that's even possible but we're gonna give it a shot well let's let's see so a 12 to hit 12 to hit it almost hits but it barely misses. okay all right and but you have you have pack tactics what does that do for you oh yeah yeah i guess that oh, i guess because uh nari is also threatening 
Is is that if you're next to, or if you have another ally next to the thing? Actually, yeah, it says the beast has advantage on an attack roll against a creature if it has at least one of the beast's allies within five feet of the creature, and the ally isn't incapacitated. So I guess, Perfect. yeah, we get we get advantage. So let me roll that one more time. Big money, no whammies, and a nine. Okay, so both were and terrible. <laughs> That's all good. Big money, all, right. all the whammies. <laughs> hey, but there is. There's now another um, another uh, target for things to go after. All right. Um, if that is it, we are back up to initiative 20. Let's go ahead and roll to see how the crowd is doing. Oh, okay. So as you guys are watching the crowd surge and people getting riled up, um, I rolled a 19 for the crowd. And uh, it looks like um, you see that the crowd, even people who didn't come prepared, they're starting to get into it too. You see like uh, people starting to, you know, just kind of start punching at, at the Imperial guards. You see constables getting in and trying to, to uh, uh, stop the, uh, the insanity. Um, but um, uh, the whole crowd is now kind of going crazy and, and, and attacking whoever's getting close to them. So deacons are being um, overwhelmed and the Imperial guards and the constables are all getting, uh, getting beat on by this crowd. And that brings us then to Pine. All right, so remind me about Spirit Guardians. Do I take damage when I enter or when I end my turn there? How does that work? Let me look it up. When the creature enters the area for the first time on a turn or if it starts its turn there. Okay. All right, so I guess I'm going to, I'm going to leave this constable drawing any kind of attack of opportunity that it may give me. Oh, actually, one more question. What does the unicorn do for us again? So when I cast a healing spell, everybody else will be healed for an additional, I think it's three. Let me check and make sure that that's the case. Okay. I may have upgraded. I think it's four now. It's your level, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, it's my it's my level. So, yep, that's right. Okay, well, I will I will rush into this cloud at Adjudicator Rolf, um, uh, drawing an attack if the constable wants to attack me. Okay um let's see he will uh does a 17 hit you no it does not my ac is 18 okay he uh, and he doesn't even swing with like his spear or anything he more like just kind of tries to to club you with his fist uh, but you managed to slip out of his out of his reach and you are going into adjudicator rolf all right yep. so as i enter the cloud i did my wisdom save and i got a 15 uh, 15 is going to be half damage. So you are going to take, uh, instead of 20, you're going to take 10 damage. That is so big. It is huge. <laughs> I think okay. right now, maybe, maybe adjudicator Rolf is, uh, less of the issue at this point. I just, I can't, I can't get to the, uh, to the priestess. Right, right. right, uh, right. So, okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and then take my attack on adjudicator Rolf. Don't tell me if this hits. Okay. Okay. Okay, I rolled a uh, 25. <laughs> well, if we were playing Pathfinder, I would say, no, that didn't hit, but um, this is 5th edition, so yeah, you definitely hit. Okay, so I did uh, 13 damage, and then how this Wrath of the Stars stance looks is uh, uh, instead of, I, I follow up each of my swings with another smaller swing, so I get to do an additional D4 damage of radiant damage. So total, that would be 13 on my, um, 13 piercing damage, and then one radiant damage okay yeah so you did 14 damage to him that turn mm -hmm. cool all right 
Um, why don't you make an insight check, Pine? I think this is like the third or fourth time I've let you do it. Yeah, I, I, I got a 10. Okay, cool. You're fighting a swordsman. Um, <laughs> let's see. It is now the deacon's turn, and the deacons are pretty much overwhelmed in dealing with the, the crowd at this point. Um, and it's the priest of uh, Iramil. It is her turn. Um, she is going to... Okay, she points at Nari, and she says some words in a language that you do not understand. And she's going to try to hit you with a spell. So let's see what she gets. Come at me, bro. I got a lot of unresolved religious trauma. <laughs> she, uh, you see this bolt of energy go flying past you, and it misses. Nice. Um, but her other spell is still up and running, and she is not uh, going to move from where she is standing. That brings us now to Roos. Okay, Roos is going to jump off the building and run towards the action. And as I'm falling, I'll pull out my Hunter's Descent crystal. And the way these ones work is I'll, I throw them in the air and they kind of shatter and create like a shimmering, clear, like transparent platform. And then I step on it and then it disappears. And then I throw another one and it just kind of like slows my descent. So I, I'm like stepping, like making like a stairway for myself down basically as I'm running and cool. running down from the roof to the ground and I'll run in as, as far as I can. And I'm going to throw one of my daggers at mm -hmm. the, the priestess of Iramil and I, I miss, I rolled a 10. Okay. That, that did miss. That did miss. Okay. Well, very cool. So now you're down in it. Um, and let's see, uh, Nari, it's your turn. First off, you are starting your turn within this aura. So make another wisdom save. Okay, so I rolled a 17 for the wisdom save. Okay, well then you take half damage, and out of 3d8, she rolled 8. So you take 4 more damage uh, from staying in this aura. Cool. Okay. Um, so I am going to go after this priestess here. Okay. Um, I'm just going to go for it and, and swing my axe at her. And I got a 15 to hit. A 15 does hit. Nine damage. Nine damage. That's a big hit. All right. Clonker. Um, let's see if she can keep her concentration up. Uh, yeah, she does. She's fine. All right. Adjudicator Rolf's turn. Uh, as Pine rushes up, Adjudicator Rolf turns and looks at him with his hand and his sword in both hands, and he he kind of looks quizzically at Pine, and then he says, "In Menores." So the only person who understands this is Pine. He says, blossoming storm of the western sky. Jeez. <laughs> oh, okay, so he's, okay. he speaks Menorese and he knows who I am. Great. He puts his sword up to his forehead and salutes you. And then he comes at you twice. Okay. Two swings. Uh, he misses with the first one, but the second one he hits. And as he swings with the uh, with the second uh, the second swing, he actually uh, calls out. He says, uh, "The light of a spark illuminates all. Scything flame strike!" And you see flames lick across the edge of his blade, and he hits you, hits you for a total of twelve damage, and 
I think that it has to be somebody next to you. So your hound there, Ebby, is going to take also some damage. How rude. I think your hound takes eight fire damage. Oh, good grief. As the flame hits Ebby, or it hits Pine, and then kind of uh, it almost arcs out like lightning and hits your hits your uh, your wolf. That's not good. It's got a fair amount of hit points, though, so I think we'll be okay. I don't. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> all right, so the Imperial Guards, they're all they are all being held up as well uh, with the riot, because that's going very, very well. Uh, the Priestess of Erdas, what is she going to do? We'll see. She's going to look around at the crowd. She's going to make a wisdom save between the riot and between what's going on with the Judicator rolls. Okay. She starts to move south into the riot to try to help calm things down down there. So you got one nice turn of healing you. Ebby, your turn. Okay. Um, hmm, let's see here. All right. So I think probably the first thing I'll do is I will use a bonus action to cast Healing Word, or Erdas's Word, rather. On, can I reach him? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to cast it on Pine. Oh, bless you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, don't don't be grateful yet. So it's it's <laughs> three. Well, it should be one d four plus four though, so seven. And then everybody in the unicorn totem area will get an additional plus four. Okay, so actually that's that's great. Okay. Um, and then for my action, <laughs> I'm guessing if I jump off this building, I'm going to. Uh, I'm probably going to take some damage, right? Yeah, from from that distance, I'd say you, you take uh, D6 of damage. I'm willing to do it. Um, okay. So I'm going to hop off the building. And, and instantly take three damage. Got it. So I, I will go down, and, um, and then I'm going to use my action to change into a wolf. Okay. So robotically, I start reconfiguring, and I turn into this metallic wolf in kind of mid-movement and start running my way um, towards Pine as well. So I will make it, I'm about 10 feet away from you guys. Okay. You're getting into the thick of it, but the most important thing is is that you did not enter into the aura of the priest of Iremil. You're still a little bit outside of that range. Yes, because you're the smart one. Is, yeah. And then, <laughs> cause, cause yeah, and then I guess I'll have my uh, my spirit beast thing take another, have another go at the uh, at the priestess. So let's do another attack roll. Would it take damage from the spirit guardians first? Oh, probably. Yeah, that's probably true. Oh, you're right. Yes. Okay. Let's see. So it needs to make a wisdom save. I don't know what its wisdom save is, but uh, it's going to take some damage. And it looks like it's going to take a total of... It rolled a six for its wisdom save. <laughs> it takes 20 damage. Holy cow. It is almost... Oh my it is almost toast. <laughs> well, that was short-lived. Okay. Um, hey, remember, it's a damage. It's a, it's a hit point sink, right? It is a hit point sink. And if it can cause any kind of concentration disruption then i feel like mission accomplished right sure okay so attacking oh sweet okay attacking with advantage it rolled a 22 uh it rolled a 22 that's a definite hit and for damage it is six damage six damage all right slowly but surely this uh this uh priest is looking uh she's looking bloodied she's uh Looking a little bit hairy, but let's see if she can make her concentration check. Uh, 
I don't think she did. No, she did not make her concentration check. <gasps> Hallelujah. So instantly the aura goes down, disappears. And I think we're back in this thing, guys. Oh, mission accomplished. That was the only thing I wanted it to do. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. Okay. All right, the constables are all uh, wrapped up in the riot, um, and, except for this one. Let's see what he's going to do. He's either going to go after uh, the people rushing towards the adjudicator, or he's going to go try to help out in the riot. Um, let's see. He is going to come after Ebby. So Ebby, he sees you go rushing past. He sees uh, you're like a robotic wolf now at this point. Um, he doesn't know what's going on, but he knows it's probably not good. And he's going to try to attack you with his spear. Um, and I think he definitely hits there with a 21. Yeah, that definitely hits. Okay, that takes uh, five damage. Okay, I am still a wolf, fortunately. All right. Ebby just got stabbed in the back by a constable. And, but more importantly, the the wolf form that Ebby had uh, summoned has actually taken down the spirit guardians that the priest of Iramil was was using to great effect against the party. It looks like you guys might actually be in this thing. And that's where we're going to stop for tonight. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. Next time, we're going to pick right back up in the middle of combat. This is a big one. Uh, Adjudicator Rolf is dealing some heavy damage. There's a priest right next to him that, um, you know, Spirit Guardians isn't, isn't the only thing that she can do. So, so go ahead and tweet about the show with hashtag 12SidedGuys. That's one, two-sided guys. Uh, if you like what you hear, go ahead and like our uh, hit that like button. Smash that like button. Punch it. Punch punch the keys, damn it. <laughs> hit that like button. Smash it. Punch it. Whatever you do. I don't know what the kids are doing these days. Uh, but yeah, just let us know if you like it. Uh, tweet about us. And uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>